agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan agriculture today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigurdsson. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today we learn about a new technology looking to make herbicide application more efficient. We also take a look at what to expect in the grain markets next week, and the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Um. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Josh Sigurdsson. Could farmers really reduce chemical herbicide use by 95% while maintaining crop yield and saving $52 per acre per growing season? Well, that claim is made via a joint industry farmer partnership rolled out by Protein Industries Canada Thursday. Langenberg Marchwell Area Ag Entrepreneur Farmer Terry Aberhart operates SureGrowth Solutions, one aspect of a $26 million industry collaboration. What SureGrowth uh, will be doing uh, along the working in conjunction with Aberhart Farms will be essentially helping to put the proof in the pudding of this technology in the field. So we'll be helping to work to calibrate uh, the agronomy and the technology in the field and help mold uh, the system in order to make it uh, very simple and easy to use uh, for the agronomist and the grower to, to implement in the field. Aberhart says the system will combine the ability of drone tech maneuverability with other spray technology platforms to detect weeds and insect pests. Taking very high resolution images uh, and running that through uh, precision AI's AI engine and identifying uh, the weeds from, from the crop. And so that imagery could uh, most likely will be done via drone or uh, Sometimes a system like that, it also at uh, some point could be put right onto the sprayer. So initially what we're going to be looking at is mapping the field and then retrofitting, retrofitting technology onto current uh, spraying systems that are out there, as well as this uh, technology could be programmed industry, spray drones and other autonomous equipment. Um, to only spray the weeds and not the crop and, and uh, greatly reduce the amount of chemical that would be used and as well at the same time creating a, a branded higher quality grain production that will be sold at a premium. Precision AI exceed grain marketing and GIFs, the Global Institute for Food Security at the U of S, are the other partners. Aberhart uses the term revolutionary to describe this technology. And with Precision Agriculture, but I do believe uh, leveraging artificial intelligence is one of the is one of the next uh, revolutions in in the industry, and this is a a very exciting opportunity of applying that knowledge. Uh, one of the things that is going to be the biggest challenges for farms moving forward is the amount of data that is being created and can be collected. So the type of imagery that is being worked with here you could you the the resolution is so high you could count the the dots on the, the back of a ladybug in the field from the the level of resolution that would be created so the the amount of vast amounts of data that's being generated on the farm now in order for us to make more intelligent decisions 
and create intelligent solutions with that. We're going to need the power of AI and intelligent AI systems in order to, to help do this in, in real time and uh, help us farm more efficiently in a better way while uh, being, being better for the environment. As a $12.8 million investor, Protein Industries Canada CEO Bill Gruel summarizes the potential. And, uh, you know, if you increase value-added processing across all of our crops in Western Canada by just 20%, Zach, that's an incremental $10 billion to the Canadian economy. And so where do we go from here? Uh, we go from a, from a commodity provider where we are today to an ingredient supplier, which is where we want to be. And uh, we'll get there through investment, we'll get there through innovation, and we'll get there through projects that, are, that Protein Industries Canada is supporting, like the one we've done. Some of the drone technology was demonstrated on July 30th at Aberhurt Farms, just northwest of Langenberg. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This portion is brought to you by the Salford Group. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. Some big crops took a big hit this week due to the drop of the Canadian dollar. Anna Bacala with PI Financial shares more. What happened uh, in the grain markets this week t- um, with the big crops like the wheat and the canola crops? Well, this week actually canola has gone slightly lower here, down approximately $5 this week a ton on the November futures. Currently, we're sitting at about $483 a ton. It's slightly up on the day, mostly actually because the Canadian dollar is down here. So I am watching the canola quite closely for clients because I'm starting to see a little bit of weakness coming here into harvest. The soy markets in particular are actually, I, I find that it could be the catalyst for canola actually going down a little bit further. So that's uh, on the canola front. And on the wheat on Minneapolis, currently today we're down about two cents. However, since actually August 11th, the futures have increased approximately 20 cents a bushel. So wheat markets have actually been quite strong here. How long do you expect the uh, the, the canola prices to be down for? When I'm looking at the, the trends on canola here, oftentimes... I watch certain ranges. So, for example, the low end of the range on the November contract is approximately $468 a ton. And again, we're sitting at right now about 484 So there is a range that canola could have. Now, again, there needs to be certain factors for it to go up or down. And right now, I guess I'm seeing more on the trends that canola could be heading lower down. I don't think necessarily we're going to reach that 468 low, but we could see it go down another few dollars or so here, I think. Uh, So what are you expecting um, next week when it comes to the big crops? Well, next week, I think the, the some of the main things I'm going to be watching, again, this is the time of year where weather is a big factor for sure. Um, again, on the corn and soybean markets, there's still some very large crops expected to come on those, and funds are still short those markets. So that's when oftentimes we can see, again, a little bit of jostling this time of year between the long and short trader side of things. So, again, this kind of time 
time of year, I'm going to be talking more clients about how much they've sold for new crop, what they might want to be protecting, or they what they might not want to be kind of replacing and developing strategies for that. And obviously the 2020 crop year is starting to come to a close. What is one thing that is different this year than compared to last year? Well, I think the uncertainty, um, maybe not so much different, but the ever-changing landscape politically, whether it's the election coming up in November or just different trade news with China. Now, for example, there's a news release that Trump and China are going back to the, the drawing table for, for the tariffs a little bit more. So I think that's more of the catalyst just going forward for, you know, once this year, crop year is coming and for next year, because it seems that more than ever there are those events that really nobody can predict that is going to affect the markets going forward. And did COVID-19 take as much of a hit on crops this year as, I guess, people were expecting? It doesn't seem like it from my perspective. However, I think what could be kind of more of the longer-term factor to watch is maybe on the demand side of things just for whether it's greens or or meats uh, in general. I think that's something to, to watch, whether economies are going to keep keep buying. Um, definitely on the currency front, um, obviously COVID affected the stock markets and that infects the financial markets, which again ties into to grain prices. So everything I find is obviously interconnected that way. And of course, grains, I would say, have actually held up fairly well compared to the stock market. For example, uh, you look back in from February to March and uh, Chicago wheat did decline approximately 85 cents kind of from the beginning of January to kind of March 16th. So there are, I think, markets that went down. However, they've recovered quite a bit since as well, too. Once again, that was Adam Bacallo with PI Financial. Um. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by Brett Stewart. He is with Global AgriTrends. Brett, how are you? I'm great. Good to be with you today, Sean. Yeah, great to chat with you. You know, Brett, 2020, I'm going to go back to the NCBA meeting back in February. It was in San Antonio, Texas. And I can remember being so excited about the opportunity for proteins, pork and beef, for exports from North America, Canada, and the U.S. to China based on this this gap, this, this sort of vacuum of demand created because of ASF. Obviously, COVID has completely disrupted that. What's the, what's the story on the ground? What are you hearing from your contacts as it relates to the impacts of ASF and China trying to recover from this midway through 2020? Yeah, great question. This is a, it's a big topic, and I'm going to distill it down as best I can here. Uh, the China ASF story is unbelievable. I mean, half of the pigs in the world lived in China before ASF. 
And by my estimates, 60% of them are gone. So that equates to 30% of the world swine herd is now gone. Wow. I mean, that's staggering. And you think about that. I tell the cattle guys all the time, what would happen if I came out and told you 30% of the world cow herd had just died? You know, cattle futures would be just out of reach. People would go bananas. But it's happened. It's, it's real. I've, uh, I've followed the Chinese hog markets for almost 20 years. Uh, the last I was in China three times last year early on trying to get a feel for what was going on in China. The last city I was in was May of last year in Wuhan. I actually <laughs> went to Wuhan. I'd never even heard of Wuhan, China. You have now. But there was a swine conference. I was there now. You, everyone's heard of it now. Thank goodness it was in May that I was there. I don't dare tell people that. They take three steps back when they're talking to me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the losses are real. Um, it is real. Um, even by the government's own admission, 40% are gone. And so uh, you can't have no impact from that. Now, China's different. If we were in a spot in the U.S. or Canada where 30% of our pork supply or 50, 60% of our pork supply was gone and you just couldn't find it in the stores and the price was up 100%, we would have politicians pounding the table saying, we will fix this, right? We're going to fix this. The thing with China, you have to remember no one's running for re-election, right? Mm -hmm. And so they can do this stuff. And so the gap is huge. Pork was eaten on average every day by every person in China before ASF. Now only the very wealthy are eating it. People are eating pork once a week if they're lucky. The prices are through the roof. You just can't get it. And so you would think what was going to happen is all of the meat and poultry available on earth is going to be flowing to China instantly. The reality is an enormous amount is flowing to China. Before ASF, China imported about $750 million a month, beef, pork, and poultry from the whole world, about $750. Right now, they're averaging $2.2 billion a month. Wow. So Japan, before ASF, Japan was the biggest import market on earth at a billion dollars a month. China is now averaging $2.2 billion. So they're buying an extraordinary amount. It's unbelievable how much beef, pork, and poultry are going. Now, we don't feel it. We sit here and go, where's China? Why didn't that happen? Yeah. Well, there's a few things going on here. It did happen. The vast majority of their beef is from the Southern Hemisphere. They buy very little Canadian beef. They're just starting to buy more U.S. beef. They opened the U.S. beef under the phase one deal. And they opened, I mean, really, Sean, pretty much wide open. They approved all USDA plants, all animals, all ages, all cuts. No certification required. You don't have to certify your plant for China. Everything can go. The one caveat, no ractopamine, Optiflex. And so there's a little bit of a hurdle there we need to cross, but it's unbelievable how much meat is going into China right now, how much beef. And there's a market for everything. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watches, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. 
The 620 CKRM farm weather today. There is a tornado warning for the arm of Langenberg, including Yarbo and Marchwell, and the arm of Spy Hill, including Spy Hill, Gerald, and Tantalon. Be sure to t- keep tuned to 620CKRM.com for more details. Today will be mainly sunny with 60% chance of showers near noon and a risk of a thunderstorm. It'll clear later on this afternoon with the wind becoming northwest 20 kilometers an hour into this afternoon and a high of 29. Tonight we'll see a few clouds with the wind northwest at 20 kilometers an hour becoming light later on this evening and a low of 14. Tomorrow mainly sunny, high of 30, low of 11. Sunday sunny, high of 27 with a low of 11. Monday sunny, high of 28, low of 15. Tuesday a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers and a high of 24 with a low of 12. Wednesday a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 25 with a low of 11. Thursday a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 25. The normal high for this time of year is 24 degrees. The normal low is 9. The sun rose at 5:57 this morning and will set at 8:06. Around the province right now in Prince Albert it's 21, Sask it's 24, Swift Current it's 23, Estevan 26, Weyburn 23, Yorkton 21, in Moose Jaw it's mainly sunny and 27, and in Regina right now it's mainly sunny and 26. Back in a moment. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Josh Sigurdsson. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal's Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com Wheat prices are disappointing and the Durham market is coming under harvest pressure. Kevin Hirsch is an agricultural commentator and farms near Cabri in southwest Saskatchewan. Just was off the phone with... Uh a grain buyer and, and number one Durham is 775, but that's a far cry from wheat prices that are way below that. And like I say, this isn't a, a wheat growing area. I'm not a canola grower, uh, at least not this year, but those prices uh, have held amazingly well, I think. They'll all depend upon the yield, whether or not they're happy with their total gross return. And there's some good looking canola crops here, and there's some some later ones that I don't think are going to meet expectations just because of the way the weather turned. You're involved with the Canary Seed Development Commission. Obviously, you probably keep a look at those markets. What, what are you seeing there? There's lots of strength in the Canary Seed market, and I think it's due primarily to the acreage remaining fairly low. Prices late last summer and into fall, into that 30 cent range, 30 cent a pound range that hadn't been seen in a long, long time, or only briefly seen in, in the past number of years, maybe. But it, it failed to materialize with a, a big increase in seeded acres. New crop contract prices were, were really not there encouraging acres. So acres are down. The, the canary seed crops I've seen look pretty darn good. But just with the lack of acres, it, it looks like supplies will be reasonably tight. And new crop prices... Uh, have uh, edged upwards 25, 26 cents a pound from what I, I see uh, being quoted. And there's some expectation that, you know, maybe that will continue to edge upwards, although it's always dangerous to try to double-guess the market. Kevin Hirsch is the executive director of the Canary Sea Development Commission. He also farms near Cabri and White's, writes a weekly column in the Western Producer. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. 
Like many organizations during this pandemic, agricultural societies are struggling to make ends meet. Because of the lockdown and restrictions on the size of groups that can meet safely, many societies just aren't making any money and some are in serious trouble. Given the recent outbreaks in Alberta that involved large groups, there likely won't be an easing of those restrictions anytime soon. Alberta reporter Dean Thorpe caught up with Janelle Saskew, the general manager of the Lloydminster Exhibition Association. The biggest issue is that uh, the ag societies have just been left out of the reopen plan. Um, interesting situation, us being in Lloydminster, uh, dealing with both Alberta and Saskatchewan. Um, a lot of the other uh, entities and industries have been allowed to moderate, operate at moderate levels, um, yet our guidelines are still very restrictive, um, Alberta being that we can only have 50 people into our facilities, and Saskatchewan, I'm actually limited to only 30 people within my facility. Um, so when you look at, uh, number one, the, the, the size of our facilities and the amount of money that it, it costs for us to operate, um, you know, just a lot of people are, are opting not to hold any type of functions or events that normally would be our big money makers for us um, just due to uh, the limited capacity. Has there been a discussion with, with appropriate governments about these concerns? Uh, we've reached out to the governments. I'll be quite honest. Um, there hasn't been a lot of, of outreach back to us. Um, you know, I mean, I understand it's our entire economy and, and everybody's hurting and everybody has the exact same concerns. Um, but really, honestly, there hasn't been a whole lot brought back to the table um, to, to have those discussions with us as to how we can remediate this issue. What are some immediate things just to help societies like yours make it through this difficult time? What are some immediate things you'd like to see done? Well, quite honestly, there's two things that we need to have done. Uh, we need to work with the government to create some type of bridge funding. I know absolutely everybody is in the exact same predicament where uh, they need additional funds, but truthfully, a lot of us are on our very last uh, last lifelines, if you will, um, just with us having to cancel virtually all of our events. Um, so, like I said, we just need a little bit of bridge funding to help us through with our operational uh, functions. And then the other thing is we need to be able to sit down at the table and work out a, uh, a formula or, or deal with the government where we can safely um, open up our doors to limited people. Um, but I know that, you know, considering the, the size of our venues, we can offer the very safe alternative um, to bring in, you know, nothing crazy, but I, I feel very confident that we could bring in 100 or 200 people into our venues quite safely. If something isn't done at the government level over the next uh, several months, uh, what do you see as being the future of some ag societies? Most of us won't survive, um, and that's just the bottom, the bottom line. Uh, it's not a pretty picture to paint at all, um, but I would say the majority of us probably would have to shut down our facilities come the new year. So we're in a dire situation right now. That's Janelle Saskew, the general manager of the Lloydminster Exhibition Association. Back in a moment. And the market updates on the source 620 CKRM. The market update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1 800 284 9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Here are the latest Viterra grain prices. Durham is unchanged. 
unchanged at 266.39. Feed barley at 161.70. Canola is up 60 cents to 437.17. Flax is at 540.85. Lentils are unchanged at 529.50. Oats are 171.82. Yellow peas are unchanged at 244.89. Feed wheat at 166.16. And one red spring wheat is up 42 cents to 217.09. Another update on the grain prices is coming up this afternoon at 145. Um. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holding in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Brian Barnett with the Market Report. Hard on Outstock here in Utah. 1200 on offer at our Tuesday pre-sort and regular sale. This yearling market looked dollar stronger. The cow market was three to six bucks lower this week, and the big bulls were lower also. A huge volume of them showing up. Big cows, 83 and a half to 89. Sales right up to 93 bucks. Medium cows, 77 to 84 with the good bulls. $1.10 to $1.24. Sales right up to a buck 34 on them double muscled kind of bulls. Here's some of our highlights from Tuesday. 25 red and black steers, 699 at 222. 33 Charlet and exotic steers, 780 at 203. 66 black and red steers, 871 at 195. We sold 32 heifers, 576 at 192 and 50, and they were just yearling heifers. 692 exotic heifers at 194. 778 red and black heifers at 182 and a quarter, and 1,091 exotic heifers at 153.50. The Allens up there in the Davidson country, they had 220 steers here on Tuesday. A triload of black steers, 995 at 181.75. They raised great hockey players up there. Nolan, he's rated in the top 10 of next year's NHL draft. They bring top quality to town also. Here's Bill McKittyak steers. He had 40 of them in town out in Chaplin, 1,001 pounds. They averaged $1,809 a piece on all of them. For more market information, give Heartland Mooshaw a call at 692-2385. Let's have a safe harvest out there. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Sig 4 in Brandon is trading at 137.47. BP4 slash TCP4 in Moose Jaw is trading at $140. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And now, the Resource Report, brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win $225,000 in cash or three hundred dollars in combine cash. Ticket info at combinelotto.com. Retail sales climbed above pre-pandemic levels for the first time in June. Statistics Canada says sales rose to $53 billion as all of the subsectors saw gains. That was a 1.3% higher than in February, the last month before the impact of COVID-19 hit the economy. Sales were up 23.7% from May, failing to meet analysts' expectations of a 24.5% increase. TD Bank Group has reached a settlement with U.S. regulators following an investigation into its marketing and sales practices related to its overdraft services. The U.S. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has found the bank's actions constituted deceptive and abusive acts. It's requiring TD to pay $97 million in restitution to roughly $1.42 million 
million consumers and a civil penalty of $25 million. The Bureau says TD charged overdraft fees for ATM and one-time debit card transactions without obtaining the consent of new checking account customers and charged an overdraft fee for debit card advances despite marketing the service as free. The bank says it did not admit to any wrongdoing under the settlement and had a clear process to secure proper consent when providing services. On the markets, the materials sector led a broad-based decline in Canada's main stock index in late morning trading, while the U.S. stock markets moved higher. The S&P TSX Composite Index was down 122 points at 16,484. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 70 points at 27,810. The S&P 500 Index was up 0.80 of a point at 3,386, while the Nasdaq Composite was up 23 points at 11,288. The Canadian dollar traded for 75.78 cents US compared with 75.79 cents on Thursday. The October crude contract was down 86 cents at $41.96 US per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an agri-news report at 345. Monday morning, there's another agri-news report at 6 45. That's the sketch on agriculture today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Josh Sigurd. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A. 620 CKRM.